part of this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about profit. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Hour, your podcast to empower, encourage, and support you on your journey through womanhood. I'm your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. Such a great show for you. Uh, Of course, I run Strong Woman Co., a multi-service women's empowerment business with everything from one-on-one programs, uh, group and online programs, uh, workshops. I got a workshop on vision boards coming up, another workshop on making clay goddesses, another workshop on horses. These are all in the making. I'm so excited. I'll I'll release those soon. Um, And we also have the free online tribe, Strong Woman Co. Uh, You can just check that on Facebook. Uh, And of course, on Facebook and Instagram, uh, you can like us and follow us for daily doses of love, support, positivity, and truth bombs. That's right. We do drop the truth as well to help you live your happiest, healthiest, strongest selves and lives. And a big part of Strong Women Co. is all about women supporting women. So I am thrilled to bring you this week's show. We have these extra, extra special guests with you. My heart could burst. Can't wait for you to hear them and hear about all the gorgeous things they have to say. But uh, before we get into that, before we bring out Natasha Blackwood and Kelly Walsh, uh, let's gather our whole selves up and we're going to take our usual three breaths. So here we go. Gather yourself where you are. Take a nice little easy breath just in. There we go. And imagine taking all those pieces of yourself that you have left strewn about through your day, just gathering up your whole self. So you're this nice, succinct little package of you. And you're sitting with your spine nice and straight. Close your eyes if you can. And together, in a moment, we're going to take a breath in through our nose and out through our mouths. And let's let out a sigh, letting out any frustration or tension. So nice and lightly in through your nose. Fill out those lungs. And then out with a sigh. (sighs) All right, let's do that again. Filling up our lungs as much as we comfortably can go. Hold. And then out with a sigh. (sighs) I feel better already, but we're going to do one more breath together. Let's just take a few nice easy breaths in between. And this time when the breath goes in through your nose, notice the cool air in through your nostrils, down your throat. Notice your lungs fill up and your chest lift. Here we go, breathing in. Nice and cool air. Chest lifts, hold. Relax your jaw. And now out with a big sigh. <sighs> Oof. So good. All right, now let's get to this amazing show that we have in store for you today. Whoop, whoop, can't wait to bring on Natasha Blackwood, member of Eastern Owl, and Kelly Walsh, the artistic director of Lady Cove Choir. Uh, Here we go. Let's do this. Oh my goodness, I am so excited for everybody to hear all about my amazing guests here today. We have Natasha Blackwood, a member of Eastern Owl, and Kelly Walsh, the artistic director of Lady Cove. Say a little hello, ladies. Hi. Hello. hello. <laughs> so nice to have you in studio. I can't wait to talk about your work and, and the event coming up. So Eastern Owl is an indigenous-led all-nations women's drum group based in St. John's, Newfoundland, that's where we are now, who just released their sophomore album, Hamasi. 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 Hamasi, which means stand up. 
and they are an eight-member group. And then there's Lady Cove's Women's pa- Lady Cove Women's Choir, which was founded in 2003 by our guest Kelly Walsh. Lady Cove Women's Choir is a community of women who share musicianship, experiences, and sisterhood. Their mission is to reveal the strength, versatility, and beauty of women's choral music. Welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour. How are you guys doing today? Good. How Good. Are you? <laughs> you guys are adorable for for um, performers. You're so you're so cute. <laughs> just, sitting, just sitting there. Get 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 some music behind you or other women, and I know it's a big big difference. But I invited you to here today because um, I was just so excited about the uh, event that you have coming up. And uh, you know, of course, I knew of both your women, uh, both your groups, uh, and uh, have seen you perform various times throughout the years. Uh, but when I saw the event that you have, it's called. Uh, sister Warrior, sis, Songs of Strength and Sisterhood. And I was like, whoa, what a title. That sounds so cool. And then when I read the description, which I'll just go through here, it says, uh, Join Lady Cove Women's Choir and Eastern Owl as they explore the bonds of womanhood and stories of sisterhood through song. A, a shared concert between two Newfoundland and Labradors accomplished all women music- musical groups. Warrior celebrates soulful harmonies, large ensemble writing, healing through music, and empowerment. Eastern Owl and Lady Cove. Lady Cove will each perform an individual set and then a shared set of music together, a gesture in understanding and support between Indigenous and non-Indigenous communities. And I read that and I was like, oh, that's gold. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and you, Natasha came up with all of it. I titled. I believe writing. it, girl. That's, Thank you. It's amazing. It's so, so good. Uh, so, of course, that is happening Saturday, June 1st, 8 p.m. Um, it's happening at the First Light Center on Cochrane uh, Street. Tickets are $30 and people can get it uh, at the Holy Heart Theater. I will put the information for this in the show notes for the, the podcast. But uh, do tell, Natasha, how did you come up with the title? Like, where, where, does, where does this all come, come from? Well, this... I, well, I kind of came up with some of the lingo, but actually the show itself was, uh, we were approached by Lady Cove. Um, I believe it was because Kelly was inspired by a particular song. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, like what the whole show is based on. I, I guess, the, well, the first, if it's okay to me to, if it's okay for me to go on a little bit. <laughs> just you are here to go on, girl. We wants to hear from you. The, the first time um, we, I, I guess we worked together was a couple of years ago with Shalloway. And um, and I I remember hearing because I had heard recordings of the group and I remember hear, hearing Eastern Owl live, and um, I was just so affected by the music, by the sound, by you know for me when I hear music and it makes my body feel like I, I can't even understand what I'm feeling, and I think we all have you know in so many different styles and with so many groups we've had that feeling like I can't explain it but this music which I I think is what music's supposed to do is supposed to you know it's when words stop music takes over and and I remember working with the kids and uh, we did we did music together and we did a concert together and Easter Now came and actually sang on Shalloway's 25th Mm. um, anniversary concert and I thought I um I really hope someday that Lady Cove can have this experience mm. of being with um, Eastern Owl and singing, singing the music. And, and um, so, so that's why I, I asked these guys if they would be interested in, in doing this concert together. Um, I, think, I think that's kind of where it first started. Is that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was and then two years ago, I think, yeah. we met for the first time. And it's taken quite a while to figure out. Yeah exactly how we were going to do it and what we wanted to yeah. put across and what music we would like what it would look like and where it would be and um yeah so it's it's been a long time coming actually yeah. and a long time in the works and it's come together to be something pretty beautiful actually and that and that's what you mentioned about the song warrior is is actually um is actually the name of a song that i have loved for a very long time and have felt really connected to um, it's a song from a group in Winnipeg, the Weird Sisters wrote. I know that oh. song. So that that's the song that, um, again, I thought this would be the most incredible song for us to, to sing together. And um, Natasha has arranged, has taken the arrangement and then further arranged it for Lady Cove and Eastern Owl. So we'll hear that on So, yeah, first. you'll hear that. Sorry. And um, I don't know if it would, would be okay maybe if you could... Talk a little bit about. Sure. So the way the Sorry, concert I is kind the of the whole song. Right? No, it's cool. Um, yeah. So 
she came to us with this with this song, this beautiful song. But it's it's really quite funny because Eastern Owl doesn't normally um, learn other people's music, and when we do, we learn it our own way, totally. And I find that's even the same way. Like we started out as a traditional group before we wrote our own songs, and even when we did that, we would be gifted songs by you know members of the community or elders or people who really wanted to share the teachings with us. And traditionally, indigenous music is taught by rote, so that's how you would do it. But I find even when you go from community to community, people don't sing traditional songs the same way. They take them and they they make them their own, and that's always what we've done. So for us to be presented with a piece of music, like a score, and say, like, we're going to do it this way, and you have to do it with all these other musicians who are reading the music, it's a totally mm. different experience for us. So uh, one of our women who's a, a prominent songwriter, uh, Stacy House, she she's like, well, I have this chant, you know, and she just came up with, uh, there's a lot of chanting in our music, and that kind of uh, fit with it, and there's two different chants, so she sent them to me and was like, well, what do you think? Can we make this work? So uh, I'm actually um, an arranger anyway. Like, I write sheet music. It's just part of what I do in my career. Multi-talented. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's, yes. all, it's, oh, yes. all, it's all one <laughs> thing to me. Yeah. You know, it's all just music of the day. But uh, and different ways to do it with different people. But so uh, I took the warrior score and Stacy's chant and put them all together. So it's like one big thing. So Eastern Owl is not looking at sheet music. They're doing it the way that yeah, yeah, they yeah. would normally do do it which is like we learned it and then we made it our own and so then I made a new score for Lady Cove that reflects what Eastern Owl is doing so that we can all do it together oh how collaborative yeah it was really cool and even when we went in for the first rehearsal we asked for input from Lady Cove once you know once they heard Eastern Owl we asked for input from Eastern Owl once they heard Lady Cove and then I scored it again guys you're giving me goosebumps (laughs) like I I swear to goddess like I'm like full-on goosebumps here because I'm hearing so much magic because I know I know what it's like to uh, or I guess I, I to have you know these different kinds of styles but still wanting to work together to find that kind of new voice yeah and it's really it's been a really cool learning experience but not necessarily for me because I've always been in Eastern Isle for seven years and I've always worked in large ensembles I'm a music teacher and I work with choirs and that's something that I've done you know for a lot of my life um, but for me, Eastern Owl has always been a cultural, spiritual friendship thing. And then working with large ensembles and sheet music and conducting is like my job. Mm. So then for these two things to come together and bring together these two like families of people for me has been really special. And then even just talking to the two groups of women, Eastern Owl is so fascinated by the choir process and how mm-hmm. they learn music and how everyone just you know sits and waits and listens for someone to tell them how to sing or what to sing and they're looking for hands to tell them what to do whereas um, in Eastern Isle we just express ourselves and if we don't like the way a certain part of a song goes we talk about it and we change it and it's a collective and everybody's voice is loud Mm. and everyone's voice is important and as opposed to a choir where there's a very distinct leader so I think Lady Cove has gained a lot by watching Eastern Owl's process and I've had so many people talk to me about that yeah yeah it's just a totally different process of music making and then Eastern Owl as well just um, (coughs) experiencing how a choir functions has been a cool learning experience for them as well so everybody has really gained a lot from it like everybody's learning a lot and there's such a mutual respect between both groups too it's like it's really it's really (laughs) fun (laughs) to me you're describing the world we could have do you know what I mean? Like if we if we approach things differently, if we actually looked at what one how one another did it, and then tried to find a collaborative approach together, right? Yeah. And this is honestly like I, I obviously I do a lot of work with women and, and women's groups and have for you know like decades now, and um, the uh, the most successful events or successful collaborations have been this collective approach where it's like everybody has a say, everybody has value, yeah. everybody brings something to the table. And I will say it's a little aggravating because, you know, as an action taker like I am, that takes time. But like you said, it took yeah. two years before you even decided, figured out how you wanted to, you know, go about this event that you want to do together. Because sometimes there is a gestation period, yeah. right? Like where you need to figure it out. And this is like one of the things that's you know, kind of like anti-colonialist, anti-Western, this like this idea of time, right? Like, and that we can take our time and and to do things a bit differently. But I do find that uh, women's groups, um, uh, when they get together, no matter what it is, there's magic that happens and we learn from one another. 
right? Yeah. So there's eight people in Easter now. How many uh, members do you have at the Lady Cove Women's Choir? We've got about 40. 40. Yeah. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. And so, you know, you're both in women's music, uh, musical groups. Uh, I'll ask you first, Kelly. Like, you were the uh, the founder and you're now the artistic director uh, for now 16 years. So, like, what was it that made you wanted to do specifically work with women and women's voices and women's choral music? Um, I, gosh, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> Tell um, me about your life's work. <laughs> Uh, well, to be really honest with you, when I moved back to, to Newfoundland, I was in Toronto for a while, and I moved back and, and I kind of looked at the, the tapestry of, of choirs that, you know, that was already here. We're known, you know, across the country and, and in the world, really, for having really strong choral music here in, in the province. And um, there, you know, there, there was a, a number of women's groups, but doing specifically kind of classical you know, contemporary choral music, there there weren't any. So I thought um, that on top of the fact that I had all of these beautiful friends that I had either left and came back to, or I went back to school when I came back and met all these amazing women, um, you know, it just felt, it felt right. I also, you know, it's, it's funny, you, you talk about learning and collaborating and, um, and, you know, I wasn't there for the first process of of um, Easter now I was I was away and so Natasha led that rehearsal with the with the women and I didn't get to see it but I you know I had been part of that process kind of a little bit and I've seen a little snapshot of when you guys were preparing for the CD with the kids and and just the the collaboration and and um, and how you know how that music making process works and I got emails from women afterwards saying you know how how like the words impact and beautiful and mm -hmm. respect and everyone feeling like they have something to offer and all of those all of those things started to come out and then I thought back you know like that that's that's also what I love about Lady Cove and what I love about women in choral music and singing together there there's you know there is that feeling although in every rehearsal we can't we can't have everyone speaking all the time but I remember having um, a person come from the US who did like an SATB chamber choir and um, they did a rehearsal with Lady Cove one time and the women were like questioning and asking stuff and what about this and what about this and that conductor said I can't believe anyone even talks in your rehearsal let alone <laughs> has stuff to offer let alone has and I said you know there are so many incredible human beings and musicians in this group of course, it's all the collective of us doing it together. So, so I think you know, for me, um, that whole idea of of all of us having a voice, and when everybody is open to listening to those voices and and uh, and working towards something together because we love what we're doing, that's kind of always been the for me the foundation of of why I am in choral music and what I love about choral music. So cool. Um, I want to hear about why you chose uh, Easter now, too. But everything you're saying is reminding me. So I obviously work uh, with women. I work with women and individuals. I work with them in workshops and in groups. And uh, a lot of the work women I work with are high-performing women and leaders in their own right. But often we don't know what a woman leader looks like because we just literally, like in, in the kind of um, uh, mainstream society, it's still so patriarchal and uh, uh, male-driven. So that when I work with women leaders, uh, they'll describe themselves sometimes as indecisive or like, you know, like they're always looking for other people. And I was like, no, no, that's called lateral power. You know, like the looking and not just being the top down. And uh, often, you know, and we can talk about all kinds of different things of, you know, of biology versus socialization and all of that. But there seems to be um, a different style often when you do get just women together um, or if a woman is in kind of a, a leadership or power position that they t we tend to be more lateral in sharing and, and just discussion and consensus building. So it's really cool to hear that uh, it's kind of manifested in that way for uh, Lady Cove. But um, uh, Natasha, I know you talked about Easter now and it came from more of a, a traditional, probably uh, it sounded like you were uh, interested in um, uh, getting in touch with and promoting just your, your heritage and, and everything that comes along with beautiful, you know, folk songs. Uh, is, is that what started Easter Now or how did, how did it all? Because you were a founding of, member. Sort of, but uh, yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say founding member. It just kind of organically know, so. happened, you know, like <laughs> oh, I love it, started, it. Yes. Mm -hmm. it started as a community group at the St. John's Intervention Center and it was just you know there's lots of really great community programs ongoing even now this was seven years ago but uh, 
you know, if you want to learn how to drum or you want to learn how to make crafts, you want to learn about culture, it's just there and it's like, really anybody can attend if you want to be a member, it's $5 a year or something. So if you're really interested in um, indigenous culture or craft or if you have ancestry that you're curious about or even just is open to anybody, I would highly recommend taking part in programs. And so that's just a side note. I don't work there actually, that was just a random promotion that just came out of my mouth. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I'm excited. So $5 and I can go learn drumming? That sounds pretty good. Oh, and there's like yoga and yeah. Zumba and yeah. movie night. It's like, it's amazing. I love, uh, it's first light now actually. It was St. John's Native Adventure Center at the time. Yeah, I was actually there two weeks ago. I did a workshop. Yeah, yeah. isn't it wonderful? Yeah. It's a wonderful place. I love everything about it. And uh, but we started as a community group. It was just like a women's drum group, and that's a traditional thing. You know, women have hand drums and they, uh, ceremony and cultural songs. So it was never a goal when we got together to promote the culture. Mm. We were just um, everyone wanted to learn more about it, and they wanted to be a part of it, and they wanted to be connected to it for themselves and for the community. Uh, we were never planned to be a performance group. We were actually played together for a whole year before we became a performance group. And then it was another year before we even separated from the St. John's Native Friendship Center as our own thing. Before right. we were actually a band, we were just a community program, but then we really bonded and we became really close friends. And a few of us have been really good friends since we were children. Um, in different communities we're from all different parts of the province but there's like a couple groups of friends from like each side of the island and we gradually started uh getting confident enough to go out and perform and then you know even another few years later started writing our own songs at first it was just uh traditional songs and we were when we first started performing it was for community events and ceremonies and vigils and weddings and just things that just had to do with the community and culture it was yeah we were together for probably five, four years, I think, before we started playing our own songs and playing in venues that were just for the general public. Very cool. Yeah, so it was quite a long, and I wouldn't even call myself a founding member. The reason why I'm there, there, there was a couple sessions before I joined, and uh, one of the founding members, uh, her name is Janelle, and it's her birthday today. So oh, it's Janelle's birthday? Oh, if it, her birthday. Yeah, yeah, so if this is airing today, happy birthday, Janelle. <laughs> and her and I have been friends since we were, since like grade six, so oh, like wow. 25 years or something. And so she called me and she's like, oh, I joined this drum circle and it'd be really, we really want to sing harmonies and we don't know how. And I'm a music teacher and musician and arranger, conductor, whatever it is, I'm lots of different things. And so she said, can you come down and teach us how to sing harmonies? And I was listening to Janelle sing these songs since we were kids. I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Like, I'll come down. Yeah. And so I had a couple of sessions just teaching people to sing together. And then it was over, and I was really sad. I'm like, okay, <laughs> see you later, guys. And went home, and she called me. She's like, but we really want you to stay. Can you yes. just stay? And oh. I was like, okay, and I cried, <laughs> and I stayed. So, yeah, definitely wouldn't call myself a founding member, but I've been there kind of since the very beginning. And at the time, there was a lot of, I think there was 12 or 13 women in it, just because it was just a community group drop-in, like whoever came. And then there was seven of us who really bonded and uh, kind of became Eastern Owl. Well, I mean... You've done a lot of work with that harmony because the harmonies coming out of Eastern Hour are gorgeous. <laughs> well, the, the thing the about thing them is... not having harmony at all is like incomprehensible to me. <laughs> well, it sounded very different at the time, <laughs> and honestly, the I didn't I didn't teach them how to sing harmony. I don't think I think that everybody had it in them. They're all so talented, and they're amazing. I think I just kind of like gave them the initial confidence to just go for it and then once they had it they've just been going for it ever since i don't think i've coached anybody how to do anything girl in you, years you, first of all you're crazy humble and gracious uh obviously uh but you sound uh, that's how i feel as a coach i'm like girl like everyone is like i just help people with the confidence if it's you know going for a job or doing their goal or whatever it's just kind of like almost how i feel like sometimes it's just showing a more accurate mirror to themselves yeah it's like, look what you can do look, you're you can amazing. actually do this <laughs> yeah that sounds so cool um uh, i want to know about the names of so uh, where did eastern owl and lady cove come from but i'll start with you where how did the name eastern owl come eastern owl was gifted to the group by an elder when they were on a sweat but i wasn't actually there at the time so one of the thing about eastern owl is um, we can be eight people, we can be four people, we can be two people. It kind of depends on who's available. And then we travel quite a bit, and we really like to take part in uh, cultural things. So um, go to Con River for a powwow, and then we've we've gone up for like National Indigenous Peoples Day in Ottawa and dance festivals in Vancouver. So we're everywhere. Whenever there's cultural stuff going on, whoever can go usually will go. We're always got an eye out for what's going on, but it's pretty rare for all eight of us to be traveling or taking part in a cultural thing together. Or even sometimes a show is pretty rare for all eight of us to be on a show 
together because we're just really busy. Everyone has full-time jobs and a lot of them are working in community, which is really demanding. So um, there's a lot of like pivotal experiences that one person is missing for, right, right. you know, and it just, that's the way it happens. But then we share that experience. So I actually wasn't even there when Easter now got their name and I can't even tell you exactly how it happened. But one thing that we have done together and I have done with the girls, but wasn't there at that particular time is a, a sweat lodge ceremony uh, where you go in with an elder and there's a lot of heat and there's prayer and suffering it's really difficult <laughs> and then through it um you you have a spiritual uh connection and um is this for well for me personally um whenever you do it's, it's almost like starting over you get connected um to yourself and your life and your future and it and it grounds you and there's a lot of like song sharing and beautiful teachings that come from within the sweat lodge um so it was just gifted it's like we need a name you're easter now okay we're easter now and then they, i just they came back we're like oh yeah we're on a sweat and we're easter now now i was like oh cool we have a name all right great let's go with it and well, then we've just been going with it ever since there's a real power in naming something right because before yeah. you're naming it's, it's it's a different kind of entity uh, but it is a really beautiful uh, name, so thanks for sharing uh, that with us. So wh- where did Lady Cove come from, Kelly? Um, I'm, I'm always a little bit embarrassed to tell this story. We, we had started the choir, um, and things, things moved a lot quicker than I thought they would. I think what happened is, um, you know, it's such a small community here when people hear, oh, there's a new thing happening. You know, they heard that I was starting this choir and we got an invite to sing on a concert. Um, and like within a couple of weeks of announcing we were doing, we were going to have this choir. And they they were like, what's your name? And I said, oh my gosh, we haven't gone through that process yet. I don't know. <laughs> this well, we need a name tomorrow to put in promotion. So I actually, I knew that um, whenever people heard the name of this choir, I wanted to evoke the fact that we are from the East Coast and that we are that we are a, a female choir. Um, and again, that was 16 years ago. And um, so I sat in bed and I took out the Newfoundland map and I just read through all of these place names all over the island. And, you know, it's when I saw the Lady Cove and I thought, okay, that's, you know, that that is... 100% feels like a Newfoundland place, New, you know, Newfoundland Labrador place name, and um, and with the word lady in it, it feels like a, a female group. So, yeah. Don't you dare be about. Why would you be embarrassed <laughs> by that story? That's, that's well, you know, it. again, it's there was no like the thinking that would go in the representation of like a lot of people spend a long time. Uh, or you know a really beautiful process and I could just picture myself in my bed going I have to have a name by tomorrow morning <laughs> Lady Cove that's who we are perfect uh, well I, I love it for many many reasons um and uh the a na- name is powerful right like you know we have naming ceremonies yeah. like a, a name is powerful so I think it's really uh beautiful both of your names um, and so uh, I want to know um, a, a little bit about the traveling that Lady Cove has done. And then when we finish that, I want, uh, were you at the event where there was, when you guys went to a cabin and all the kids came and all of that? So I want to hear about that. So we'll give that. So Lady Cove, tell me about the traveling you guys have done. Um, we have done uh, lots of traveling across the province, um, uh, into Labrador, in, you know, Right, like so, we've gone out right out to the west coast, throughout the province, and uh, and over over to Labrador. Um, we've also done some Canadian traveling. Um, last time we traveled, we went to a podium, which is a choral conference in Edmonton, and we've done some international traveling as well. Um, we've gone to Latvia and Hungary and Argentina um, for different festivals and competitions, and and events. I I uh, think. For me, again, the if you if you think about this choir, it's it's more than just music. It's about a life experience, and it's how women want to want to like to live their lives mm. through singing, through telling stories, experiencing people, experiencing their own growth through singing in a community of women. And so, I think traveling is a really important part of that, mm. because we all know when we when we get to meet different people and when we get to you know, go to different places and meet people from different places, we, it completely changes our lens of who we are, of how we see the world, of what we respect, what we learn to respect, what we learn to, you know, to kind of see in ourselves that is the same as people from wherever you are across the world and is different. And then those differences become 
really that's so cool yeah they're interesting it's interesting mm. and and so so that's why traveling is a really really important part um we try to travel internationally every three years um and the whole you know i've had many people say to me kelly you don't seem to be the type of person that like values competition why do you take women on competitions? Good question. And my my response always is, um, I don't value. I mean, yeah, yes, it's great to to win a competition. I don't value the results, mm. but I do value the process of what it takes to push yourself to this is the best we can possibly be, and then to put it out there. And what you learn about yourself as a musician, as a person. And then you take what you can do and, you know, bring it out into the world and what you learn through that process that I really value. And everyone in the choir really values that, Um, you know, whether that's, again, through, you know, spending so much time perfecting stuff or whether that's through learning music or learning another language that's really, you know, challenging and but but yet you are going to do you're going to give 200 percent of what you have in you to do the best you possibly can because again it, it it goes into the rest of your life you know what what am i giving to to this what am i giving to all the stuff i'm doing in my life and you know percentage of the time you're giving what you can and then there's that small percentage of the time where you're like you know you couldn't do it all the time but i've got more to give and how yeah. much more do i have to give that's that's wonderful. So yeah, that's so cool. I, I, lo- I appreciate that perspective because uh, I'm not a person who likes competition myself. Yeah. I'm much more collaborative yeah. uh, where I where I'm at. But there is something really beautiful about being pushed in kind of like a friendly kind of way like yeah. that. And I always think to myself, competition makes a horse race, right? Like a horse would never race, you know. It, it, but when we, uh, you can even see it in kids. It's like, oh, you're running too, you know. It's kind of like this kind of someone pushing you in, in a direction yeah. like that is uh, super cool. Or even thinking of uh, a love the process like as a rower in the regatta I love every morning spins with the crew I love all of the training I love all of that race day I hate it I hate race day I hate when that stupid gun goes off (laughs) and my heart goes over my throat like I I would do it without the racing but I understand what you're saying of being pushed right and then so, so exhilarating after you compete then too uh, that's, that was a really cool perspective. Thanks so much, Kelly. So uh, I, when doing some research, I came across a story of, um, I guess it was one of the one of the relatively early uh, kind of events you guys chose where um, I think you might have even gotten some funding and went to a cabin, everybody, and people brought their kids and everything, and there was just this big collaborative process of uh, sharing and trying to figure out songs and that. And you were part of that, Natasha? Yeah, so that, that was the December of 2017. And so it wasn't that long ago. It was, that's how we wrote the songs for our newest album. And uh, what kind of, what gave us the need for that was in 2017, um, three of us had babies. Ah. So there was three brand new babies into our band. And we were just kind of like, well, what do we do now? Because before that, in 2016, we had put out our first album. And then it was much more successful got a lot more attention than we thought it would and suddenly we were traveling everywhere and we were playing shows all the time and we had gig requests every day and like we had to it was never people were just like well how do you organize your shows like we don't organize shows people just offer us shows constantly and we have to choose which ones to take and that's not what we expected of the group and we were in a whole new place and then came three new babies was just like well what do we do now right like we're not touring we're not, because when, when the first album came out, we're like, you know, if we really wanted to, we could make this our full-time jobs. We could all leave our jobs, and we could just do Easter Now. It's so important to us personally. It's, you know, it's important for the community. We're, we're reaching people. It's something special. Do we really want to, maybe this is just what we want to do, you know? And then three babies came along, and there's nothing to make you reevaluate your, <laughs> your life plan, and then new children. So, you know, it's like, well, do we stop? You know, like we can't keep doing what we're doing. It's like, oh, wait, or maybe we just create something new mm-hmm. because, you know, performing music is, is busy, but creating can be really calm. Mm. And so it's like we just need to dedicate the time because you can't just be like when well, it's easy for everybody because it's never going to be easy for anybody for another few years, right? So we had to dedicate the time. So we, uh, we got a little grant from the Bruno Center for Excellence in Choral Music. And we rented a cabin on the southern shore, and we went and we took all the babies. And there's some older kids in our in our group as well, but you know they're not so high maintenance. But they came too <laughs> to help with the babies, and we just spent a whole weekend 
um, eating food and hanging out with babies and napping and <laughs> writing songs. And so our, the way our process kind of works, we don't just go in with nothing. Um, people come in with ideas. So like write a portion of a song and they'll bring it in and then we'll finish it together. So I'm like, how about this? How about this? How about this harmony? Wait, maybe you're doing it like a rock song. Let's make it a folk song. You're doing it like a folk song. Let's make it a jazz song or something like it really, people just turn the songs inside out together. And so um, that we everyone kind of came in with songs and then we finished them together and our whole album was pretty much created in those couple of days. Magic. It was magical. I remember going and driving. I was like, baby's <coughs> crying in the back seat and driving down Southern Shore. I'm like, what are we really going to get done? You know, with all these kids. And the, I, I knew there was no internet, so that helps. But... Uh, <laughs> I was like, well, how are we, like, what are we really going to accomplish here? You know, and I had like my couple ideas for songs or whatever in a folder. I'm like, this is not going to go anywhere. And then we just got there and we just went and it was just magical. But I think, I think that's how a lot of art gets created. You just, you, you decide you're going to create it and then you just do it. You don't really worry about the outcome, right? Whether or not you win the race, you just, this is what we're gonna do now. Mm. And then you just have to make the conscious decision to get started. And then once you get started, you just you just do it. So um, really planning out and dedicating that time, I think is the most powerful thing we could have done. One of my favorite musicians is um, Wayne Shorter, saxophone player, and uh, he is a prolific composer. And uh, someone asked him, was like, well, how do you get your inspiration? Like, do you, do you just wait for it to arrive, you know? Or, like, do you just sit down and diligently work? He's like, oh, it's like, I, I always wait for inspiration to hit me. It just happens to hit me 9 o'clock every weekday <laughs> at 9 o'clock a.m. Anyway, so that's paraphrase, But that's kind of the idea. It's like if you're going to make art your work, if you're going to make the work, you just really the only thing stopping you is just deciding to do it and then just doing it. We're going to write an album. We're, we wrote an album. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so it's really just having the confidence to decide, like, no, this is important to me. I'm making this happen, and it's going to happen on this day at this time, and I'm going to do it. And then you just do it. Oh, so good. You're talking about creating space, right? Like creating space and creating time dedicated to, you know, um, kind of spirit, right? Because that's what I feel like creating an art is, is connecting to your soul, right? Connecting to something that is likely beyond this kind of, like, flesh uh, existence and that's what I, I love too about storytelling specifically and this is what you guys do and storytelling is healing storytelling is uh, something that we've been doing since you know beginning of our time and the sharing of storytelling and so uh, I, I, I with thinking of your songs and thinking of the stories that you get to tell so uh, Kelly obviously your song process is, is different uh, than the Eastern Owl song process and or uh, most part it's it's um, songs that have previously been written is that is that true mm -hmm. yeah so how do you choose your songs that you you end up performing or, or uh, putting out like how is it a collaborative process is someone brings it to the group how do you choose the songs the stories that you t end up telling um, well the last couple of years uh, it's really been you know that, that it's driven by a concert or by a theme and that theme is driven by what do we want to say and be as a choir it's difficult because, you know, again, Lady Cove, we've gone through a process of, you know, the first couple of years of the choir. We're going to have a fall concert and we're going to pick beautiful music that's going to sound beautiful and the audience is going to love. And then we'll have a Christmas concert and we're going to pick this. And then we're going to have a spring concert and we'll do the theme of, you know, I, I don't know, spring. And, you know, and, and you try to theme stuff. And, and as we've grown, as I have grown, grown as a, you know as a director as an artist myself um picking you know music has, has started to become part of uh what do again what do we want to be what do we want to put into this world and what do we want to learn and that again that's another one of the reasons why I just really felt com so compelled to to do a show with Eastern Owl because what I, you know, one of the many things that I think is so incredible about the group, and, and I didn't, it didn't surprise me one bit when all of a sudden the, the album came out and everyone wanted to hear you and everyone wanted to, you know, to be in the presence of a concert with you is because like any really important artist in this country, what they're saying is they're telling important stories and messages and telling us about who we are who we can be who we were this is what we need like te like they're they're through a lens are tell are showing us who we are as people 
who the artists are as people, who their experiences are, who our experiences, collective experiences, and making us and helping us reflect on that. Um, and that is becoming more important to Lady Cove, is to help start reflecting who we are as women and who, you know, our place in arts, but our place in our in our society and our communities and stuff so so I feel like we're, we're more we're programming more that way and I it, when you use the word programming it just seems so sterile but that's starting to become why we're choosing music so I was actually telling Natasha I haven't told too many people about this next year we're going to do a concert at the beginning in seven, in like October November and we're calling it her story mm. which I don't know if actually we might call it their story um, and we are going to work with people in the community that have come through really mm -hmm. difficult, difficult um, things in their lives that have that have lived it and that have, you know, decided they want to talk about it so that other women can feel not isolated and can feel supported. And then we're going to pair them with a songwriter to write a song about their experience and then have choral arrangements of it. So, you know, we really we want to work with people and women in different communities um, so that, that this group concert can come together and people can, can firsthand see somebody who has lived through something really difficult and is inspiring us to realize we've all, like there's so many stories out there and people are living through some difficult things, but you are, you are an incredible human being that can help other people live through this and, and grow and make us feel, you know, in community together and support it. Um, and, and so th that's kind of how we're starting to program um, the, the music that we're doing. And, but then again, you always fl I'll always, you know, kind of look at musically, we're, we're going to, we also want to do some commissioning in Canadian contemporary choral music. And, but, it, but it's, it's definitely becoming more a part of a process of, of what do we, what do we want to say? Who are we? How, where do we belong in our community and how can we continue to to keep our eyes open to learn and to to just be more connected and and um, and be more open in, in you know how, how are we all do how are we all living together in this world and how can choral music and singing together kind of help that process and, and make us all feel more connected through the process sorry that was like blah 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 I was yeah. hanging on you every word. Damn, yeah. girl. Yeah. Like, that is... Uh, but that I'm in that head process now, and we all yeah. are. Like, yeah. And that, as, as, you know, as you said, and as, as Natasha has said, um, with the process with Eastern Owl, and, you know, that's some, that takes more time. And in that taking more time, sometimes you're questioning and you're, you know, um, and we're, uh, like, I feel like we're all there right now. And so this, this ex you know, this kind of experience with Eastern Owl has been one of those like this needed to happen when it happened mm -hmm. because we're learning through that experience not only are we getting a chance to sing we're, we're singing this incredible music and and I you know like we had rehearsal a couple of weeks ago and Janelle and Natasha um, and I've heard I've heard other the other members of the group talking to the kids and talking to audience members about you know about this song and where the song came from and what the, the message and meaning of the song is and um, and some of the songs the idea of being gifted and and everyone is just you know th for me that's what m that's what music has the potential to be it has the potential to to teach so many people so many things and uh, and so we're we're just in that process now and this has been a really good next step for us for where we want to where we want to continue to grow and be oh my goodness it's so wonderful having you amazing women doing all this wicked work uh and, and, and i can think of all kinds of songs uh that have exposed me to different experiences that i wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to um uh, one song you know even thinking of other canadian artists who like live in the prairies you know and their experiences because like as a newfoundland girl live by the water i don't understand drought and you know firm so like there's different things to, to have this shared experiences yeah. and to look at our common sisterhood and womanhood yeah. uh, that come along through that 
looking at like a woman's kind of life uh, timeline, we certainly do have um, uh, similarities that we can grow upon. But one of the best uh, one of the best examples of being um, exposed to something, and I, when you uh, Judith Butler is one of my favorite feminist theorists who talks about becoming undone. You know, like when you truly become undone is when real change happens. And um, uh, it was the first time I had heard uh, child protection. Uh, when the songs off uh, your new album, uh, Natasha, and um, uh, it was uh, uh, Janelle had sang, sang it um, at an event, and um, you know, as a uh, well-meaning white woman, there was so much I just didn't know, right? There's as a mother, there's just so much I didn't know um, uh, about the experience of uh, indigenous women um, in our province, in our country, in our world. And uh, uh, it was something, uh, when you hear it through uh, a song, the way that uh, Janelle sang it at the event I was at, and uh, it was, it just allows you to kind of like soften and, and just like take in the experience, you know, without, without any kind of um, response needed. And like, I think that's sometimes when, when we're dealing with heavy and true and real things, we just need to kind of absorb it and be able to uh, process it in that kind of time. But I, I sat in the uh, the same place where you're going to have the event on June 1st, and I was just crying listening to Child Protection um, because uh, it, it was so real and true, and I could feel, I knew, I, I had a, an idea of the pain um, mothers uh, uh, feel when, when their uh, children are taken away by uh, child protection because of this colonialist ideal of what a mother's supposed to be. And it's already so hard to be a mom in society, and, and, and to, but to be, and this is, I get this from uh, my uh, black mother friends and, and, and other women of color who, who you know, say, like, Kelly, you think it's hard? It's like, you don't even understand, you know, these different layers. And uh, so understanding that, like, I'm an active person who wants to help under, be, a, be more understanding and be more exposed to these things, and music is, is certainly a way that I find that. Can you talk a little bit about that song, Child Protection, and then uh, we can actually uh, play it for the folks? Sure. Uh, well, that song, Janelle wrote it, actually, and you'll hear a child in the recording, and mm -hmm. that's her daughter, uh, Cassidy. So that song... Um, most songs come in and they're kind of like half written and then everyone writes them together but I remember that one it was during Spirit Song Festival which is a local festival that we uh, a few of us are work, work on and we were just setting up for an event she's like I wrote this song guys and there was just happened to be a few she's like tell me if this is too too much like is it too much you know and she just sang it start to finish and it was already done she'd finished wow. the whole thing she didn't need our input and we're all just sitting there crying she's like I don't know if it's too much but we have to do it you know, because it's just so powerful. And there was, um, when we first started writing our own songs, they were a little bit more lighthearted, I think, because we were nervous to be too political. This is one word that people use to describe difficult subject matter, you know? Your lives, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that being too political or polarizing audiences or making people feel uncomfortable with, you know, subject matter that is uncomfortable. And then um, with this album, I... I think that we were not worried about that mm. anymore and then we're just kind of like this is what is important to me this is what I'm feeling so this is what I wrote and then we just write based on what we're feeling and even with the first album it seemed like the songs that had the more difficult subject matter the songs that w weren't positive and light and fun those were the songs that really affected people and those were the songs that people wanted to hear more and they wanted to hear the stories of and they wanted to listen to over and over because the music can music can really help you process things that are difficult and that's one of the mo most beautiful things about it really you know it's like you you break up and you listen to Joni Mitchell yeah, blue yeah. and like eat a tub of ice cream and yeah. you're like yeah Joni knows you know Joni knows what it's all about it's like those yeah. difficult experiences um are, are so easy to relate to and easy to find healing from and meaning from and just like a, a purpose and uh, just mutual suffering sometimes it can be so helpful to a person's healing process uh through song so mutual suffering I love that. I'm definitely going to use that again. Never heard it or said it before, but there it is. That's really uh, good. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like it just to suffer in solidarity with someone can be uh, helpful yeah. in your healing. It's Less like you know you. Yeah, it's like you've been there too, and I think you're doing okay because I also think that we're really harsh on ourselves with where we think we are with our personal healing and our process, progress, you know, and so like everyone has gone through suffering and grief, I think, in in different ways, and then we all look at our own struggles, and I think women especially can be particularly harsh with ourselves, 
um, when we think about where we are and our circumstances, where we think we should be and what we think we should have accomplished. So I think sometimes meeting and singing with or hearing the stories of other people who have suffered in similar ways um, and seeing that person, but we're also way, we're just way more kind to each other. So if I see Kelly and I was like, wow, like you've suffered in the same way and look at you, you're amazing, you're successful, you're confident and it's like, and if she can do it, I can do it too. But in reality, I'm already doing it. But seeing someone else doing it <laughs> yeah. can make you feel like you can. So, um, I, and I, I, I can't speak for all of Eastern Owl. Like I'm definitely not the leader of Eastern Owl. I'm just a member and we are a collective. So everything I'm saying is just my perspective, I think. But I think um, we're definitely a sisterhood and I think, and people would agree with me on most of the things that I've said, maybe. Um, but I think Child Protection is one of those songs that's like, wow, this is difficult, um, but it's important. And the idea of like helping these women who are suffering in this situation, reaching out to them and making them feel like they're not alone is more important than any reservations of what we have about maybe being judged for singing about it. You know, like reaching out to these people about their suffering and also raising awareness about this and maybe changing people's attitudes or like yeah. helping them to see a different perspective yeah. um, is more important than any reservations we have about how people are gonna view us. It's like the age old saying, I had this teacher when I was young, uh, her name was Sarah McDonald Anderson. And if you know her, she's a theater teacher. She's, uh, she's passed away now, she was amazing. And she always used to say to us when we were kids, you have to love the art in you and not you in the art. Oh. Like what you're creating is bigger than you. It's more important than you and you're just like a vessel for this thing that can like live on forever after you're gone. And so it's really important to be true to that art and not be too concerned about how mm -hmm. you look or how sometimes not even how you feel. Sometimes you might not even be comfortable with something you're creating, but you know that it's so important that you want to create it anyway. And so that was a very long-winded explanation of why I think child protection, even though it's so sad and it's so difficult, why it's had such an impact and why it's a single from the album yeah. and why um, people really connect to it is because um, of just the solidarity that you can feel with people in difficult times. Yeah, and, and uh, particularly women finding solidarity. I mean, we're not necessarily all, uh, don't have necessarily children that we look after, but. Um, I, I do believe all women are mothers in different kinds of ways. If you're mothering your career or mothering, you know, um, a different art or, or things like that, we're all seen to things. Um, but I do feel that art can get into your psyche and in your heart in a way that, you know, uh, a policy proposal or, you know, anything else just, just can't seem to. And I, I want to, uh, so the song, it's a featured song I'm going to put into this show is the Child Protection song. Uh, thank you so much for uh, the lead up for it. Um, I'm also including it because um, I think that, you know, uh, there are a lot of folks of varying different kinds of backgrounds who do want to help with um, healing and reconciliation and just awareness uh, and moving forward on a healing path uh, all nations together. Let's just talk about in Canada because that's where we are. And we've got to do a, a hell of a lot better but sometimes we can feel um, a little uh, like just talking about the mainstream kind of like psyche it can be you, you just don't know what to do right your hands are tied you don't really know what to do and I feel like the child protection song is a song that kind of like break in, breaks open your heart so that you can just see things through different eyes and maybe it allows you to be able to explain things if something comes up in conversation you know or uh, look at things on, on the news a bit differently about social workers or where it just it broadens your horizons and um, you know if I could uh, just Put you on the spot for a moment. Um, what do you think we can do to increase sisterhood between women in general? I'm a firm believer that, like, if you want to change the world, then you just work in your own community, you know. And it was like Mother Teresa said that, like, if you want to change the world, go home and take care of your family. So <laughs> yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. like, my town, my right. community, my sisterhood is my family, and you work hard to take care of them but then also empowering the people around you because then they feel empowered to empower the people around them and it just spreads it's contagious and you never lose any of it by passing it on you know it's like lighting oh. a candle like it just grows so I think it's so it's, it's so easy to look at like the, the greater problems in a province or a country and feel helpless um, but I think if you can make those little changes within your community and your own life and just how you treat the women in your life then that might make a change in them that'll, you know, and it'll carry on and it'll just spread. So 
um, instead of just feeling helpless about what you can do for the world if you just concentrate, if everybody concentrated a little bit on what they can do in the world around them, then it would. Beautiful, beautiful. What do you think, Kelly? How can we increase sisterhood? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess more and more lately, I, I have been feeling the more open to being vulnerable and mm. recognizing that, you know, it's it's so often it's when you have, when you think that your way of doing things is the right way or when your opinion is the opinion that needs to be heard. I know for me, like, it always closes me down more. Mm. And the people that I meet that are like that, I feel less connected to them and less and less open. So I, you know, on an individual basis, when I have, you know, when I have felt like I have so much to learn, and I have, you know, if I'm just unzipped, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't need to prove anything or show anything that I'm just, I, I'm just living my life every day and trying my best and feel so grateful when I get to meet incredible women and I get to have these incredible experiences and feel like I'm alive because of a song, because of a person, because of an experience. It just makes makes me feel more connected to people and just better about being in this world and in mm. our communities. And so I, I think, yeah, I think people being okay with being vulnerable and not having to have the right answer and the right opinion and and just I think that could help or you know create people that are able to feel more connected and not having to kind of put up that wall of I know what I'm doing you know I was so funny I was just saying in a tattoo this morning that you know I still don't really feel like a grown-up I have a house I have a car and I still don't I still feel like I'm just kind of faking it through this world <laughs> same and yeah, that's all of us <laughs> you know and I feel like if if like if a lot of people kind of walked around that way yeah. we'd all be like yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Like, any time I talk to Natasha, we've only known each other a few years. Like, we've known each other, but but uh, we've been, I've been, I feel so lucky. Like, I've had a chance to just go to her house and sit down. And I go there, and like, three hours pass, and I walk out crying, and I walk out <laughs> feeling like, oh, my God, I feel, like, so much better today. I feel Ugh. like... Because I've had that chance to connect because, because you know, she's been so kind to be open and vulnerable with me. And I've been able to be, see, I'm going to do it again. I've been able to be who I am with her. Mm. And I feel like, can you imagine? Mm. Like, I know after this concert, I'm going to be like, I miss Natasha. <laughs> can I come and have that coffee? Or yeah, what's yeah. your next project? Yeah. Can I come, like, can I come and play cello, even though I'm not a great cello player anymore? Can I come and play, like, just so... You know, and I think that's how sisterhood, mm. you know, one of the ways, yeah. one of the ways as an individual, like there's lots of other, so much stuff, you know, um, that, that we can be doing. But for me personally, that's how I feel more connected by just going, I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> and I got so much to learn. I've got so much to learn. I think vulnerability is such a key to collaboration yeah. as well. Like, I think it's really scary to ask people to collaborate, especially when you know they're different from you yeah. and you don't really necessarily even know how to navigate their art form or their culture yeah. or their history or just their womanhood or whatever yeah. it is about them. And it's scary to ask them, will you work with me? Can we be equals? Can we make something together? Yeah. Is really intimidating because you have so much, you know, you're asking this person because you respect them. So then it's it, it's a brave thing to have to do because you have to say, like, I feel like I'm your equal. I feel like I can create things the same yeah. caliber that you create them. Can we be equals and create together? So it takes a lot of confidence and it takes a lot of courage. And it is vulnerability, too, because you're putting yourself out there for this person to say no. Yeah. You know what? I've gotten no's before and it's, it's hurtful. It's hard because art is so personal. Like, it's such a part of who you are. Yeah. So for people to want to create or not create with you... Um, can be such an empowering or sometimes heartbreaking thing yeah. if it doesn't go the way that you thought. But having these collaborations and like opening yourself to the vulnerability of like, I want to learn about what you do, but I don't know how. And I'm probably going to say everything wrong in the next five yeah. minutes. So I'm going to say everything the wrong way, but I'm going to try because this is important to me. And just putting yourself out there to make that mistake, to be rejected, to have your idea shot down, just putting yourself out there to try. If you do it with an air of, 
respect and with an air of like I want to learn about this I respect you I'm here because I want to learn about what you do I don't know everything I'll teach you and you teach me yeah. along the way yeah, exactly. like that really builds sisterhood that that respect but also the understanding that like because even though like I studied um, conducting in school and I could I studied um, large ensemble writing and stuff but then to come in and work with Lady Cove it's like what's your process how do you talk to them what do you guys do how much do they how much input do they have and like I still had so much to learn and Kelly had to come over to my house and like teach me her conducting patterns because I just lately I've just been conducting people with a drum you know yeah. or doing jazz band <laughs> where you just snap your fingers and so it's quite different you know and so the, I think Lady Cove has learned from Eastern Owl but even like for myself even though I'm a professional musician I'd be like can you please teach me how to conduct a song to your group like teach me what you do so that they listen and then they care and then they feel good afterwards and just I think yeah vulnerability yeah. and listening and learning and opening yourself up to not just like I think what I do is great and what you do is great and we should do great things together but like I think that we can learn from each other yeah. we can build something new together and um yeah, and then we'll both be better because of it. Not just, you can do this and we'll make money. We can do this yeah. and you'll make money or you can learn from, you'll have this opportunity. It's like, no, we, we both learn. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're both, we're both going to build each other up through the process. Uh, wow. Wow, wow. Uh, I've learned so much from this conversation. I'm, I'm heartened. I'm encouraged. Uh, I feel like I got my cup filled up a little bit, just kind of like connecting and hearing and sharing um, and just knowing all the amazing work that uh, you are doing and, uh, and, and even behind the scenes and how meaningful the collaborative process has been, all of that. I am so thrilled and cannot wait until June 1st uh, to see the, uh, the event kind of all just come together. Um, and. Uh, Whew, let's get let's fill the seats let's sell out let's let's, let's get these so there's more the most people that uh, possible can um uh be there to witness this amazing uh togetherness of sisterhood and vulnerability and process and thanks so much for coming i do have uh this uh little token of appreciation from Aww, strong women co so just uh, if you haul it out it's Thank just a, a necklace that is a symbol of womanhood and sisterhood to me can you see what it is oh. Yeah, it's like the phases of the moon. Yes, that's right. So that's just a stainless steel little uh, beautiful little necklace. Mm -hmm. So pretty. Uh, just a kind of like the connection of, of sisterhood. And I, I love also what the moon represents. Well, also across cultures, the moon has been important to essentially everybody, um, including even the Christian church. But um, that, uh, you know, even if you're not shining 110, 100%, you're still whole. Right, like there's there's that, that that beautiful kind of piece. So it is June first, and anyone who is listening to this pod and outside the St. John's area, uh, shout out to you guys. I know you are. Um, all I will say is uh, I'll put some things in the notes for uh, both Lady Cove and Eastern Isle to check them out on, on YouTube. But I know there's tons of things that came up in this conversation that uh, are completely universal to take anywhere in the world, uh, if in your own communities. And also, perhaps you seek out some women's musicians, some women's voice, or and if you are any kind of storyteller out there, you know, your story is important. And I think that's what's come up a lot today is the telling of story and the sharing of story um, and just kind of witnessing and bearing witness to one story uh, and each other's story is extremely powerful. And that is uh, one way that we can help improve the world, heal the world, and uh, increase our sisterhood. So thank you so very, very much to my amazing sisters, oh, Kelly sorry. over there. Um, and um, uh, let's do this June first. I can't, I can't even wait. I can't even wait. All right. So I'm gonna let um, Eastern Owl take it away here now with the amazing song "Child Protection." Uh, you know, this is a song that I would encourage you to just listen to every word um, and just open up your heart at, to witness the experience uh, that um, is too common for a lot of our Indigenous uh, mothers um, and that we need to help rectify so that we can have more healing um, and more whole uh, lives and families and experiences together. All right. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yay. Are born. What will you do 
Here. 